0: Talk, girl talk, dating and kids, health, wellness, exes and shit. F words, C words, religion. I quit, I'm begging you, Mom. Don't listen to this. Hi, welcome to Mom. Don't Listen to This podcast. I'm your host, Heidi. It has been forever. So I have recorded probably five or six episodes this summer and then did not post them due to multiple reasons. Um, One content, I kept feeling like it wasn't the time for certain kinds of episodes. Every time I would record one, um, I don't know, life has just been so intense and Some episodes just didn't feel appropriate as far as like being sensitive to what was happening in life, or maybe I just didn't feel qualified to talk about certain things. Um, or I have been going through like my own personal stuff and I just didn't feel like the episodes really captured what I wanted to say. Um, And also, a few of them, like, there was technical difficulties, like, as far as recording and then editing or, like, issues with publishing. And um, it's just been very frustrating because it's already hard enough to get myself to do an episode and feel confident in it. And then when you have so many hiccups, it kind of feels almost like there's a sign that I shouldn't be doing it. Um, My life has been very um, i don't know how to explain it just i feel and maybe i've already talked about this on my podcast before but i kind of feel like i jumped out of an airplane and i'm just falling and i don't really know where i'm going to land um so i graduated back in june and i recorded an episode about that so it kind of feels like I'm repeating myself, even though no one's ever heard this. But I had my well, I had my commencement in June, and then I still had a couple classes today. I had um, I st- I took a statistics class. I did my internship, and then I did a um, psych abnormal psych class. And then I was also working at another job. And then I commute like two hours a day. So. Anyways, back to the commencement. So I had my commencement and I just kind of felt like I had been working towards this goal. Like everything had been building up towards this moment. And I think the other thing about that is I knew who I was while I was going to school. I had just this constant pressure and consistency of knowing what I needed to do and like where I was going. And it kind of made sense. And then... I had my commencement, and I felt like, first of all, I still had a few more classes, so that was stressful, stressful. but also, I just kind of felt like all of the questions that I had in life were not answered. Um, Back when I started going to school for my undergrad, I was going through a divorce and um, a custody battle, and I sold my business, and then I started school, and I was like, I don't, I kind of just thought by the end of it that everything would make sense, and I don't know, I thought I would maybe be married again by then, or I don't know, maybe I didn't really believe in getting married again, but I thought that I would have my shit together, and then on the day of the commencement, it was like, all this time had passed, and I didn't feel very good and i didn't feel like all that growth had happened i mean there was a lot of growth it's just i couldn't see that um i wanted tangible things i wanted things that were very clear and markers of success that society has put on me and it felt very empty and i also just didn't feel very supportive supported um i cried a lot that day it was also a terrible day cuz it was like sunny and the sun, but it wasn't sunny. It was, like, overcast, but, like, bright. And so all the pictures, I just looked really puffy. And I felt really puffy. And just tired looking and not glowing in any sort of positive way. Um, it, was, it was a pretty big... It's not how I envisioned it. I thought that it was going to be the most magical day ever. Um, but it wasn't. And... So after that then I had to take those classes that I was just talking about where it was just very condensed and I was doing statistics was very hard. I'm not a math math doesn't come easily to me and it was a four I think it was a 4 week condensed class. And then my other two classes were 6 weeks. And then I got offered the position at the place I was interning and I took it because I thought clinical um, practice would be really good for me and it would give me more perspective. But the timing was awful because I just kind of jumped straight into it, and then all of my time commitment was taken. I just had no time for personal life, and I kept trying and kept commuting, and it was—it's just been. So I didn't realize how shitty the last four months had been. I knew that I'd been very stressed and that, like, I felt like I had no time and no autonomy. And I was talking to my friend the other day, and um, we were just catching up because I hadn't talked to her since June or something. And I said that it's just been so shitty. I get, has it been four months? So June, July, August, September. Yeah, about four months. And she was like, well, your life already has been really, like, you've had a lot of stress that you've overcome. I was hoping that graduating and, like, figuring out your career would be something that made you feel really good. And it's just, I felt fucking terrible. It's felt terrible. Um, It's felt like I have no place and no certain direction and i think that it's probably common for people to feel this way when they graduate cuz it's all new but um the job at the clinic was a physical therapy clinic and i'm i only have a couple more weeks there but it felt like so i went and i worked there and i did learn a lot and the people that i worked with were mostly really nice there's one guy that's just he's got some kind of weird He doesn't know how to communicate with people and also he's like a terrible manager. Um, So that's been frustrating because you go there and you just kind of have no autonomy and he just kind of moves you back and forth wherever he feels like he wants to. And I don't know how people do that. I don't know how you all work for people who treat you like you're disposable, but I do not have that in me. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe people shouldn't be treated like that, but I cannot handle it um but also the job itself is like a very entry level as far as entry level into um the medical field it typically takes a four-year degree to get the position and so that's frustrating but the pay is outrageous like I have a bachelor's degree that I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on and then I get paid um, well, I was supposed to be starting out 14 and then $15 an hour was supposed to be what it was changed to, but they never gave me my raise. So I'm just driving back and forth like two hours a day. And some of my shifts were, um, like 12 hour shifts. A lot of my shifts were 12 hour shifts, but then they make you clock out for lunch. So for like an hour, to an hour and a half, depending on if any patient's canceled, you're not getting paid, but you're still stuck there. So just not worth my time, especially after having so much work experience as a manager and as an owner and just having the say and then going to being like the peon was really frustrating for me and then getting paid nothing for it. Um, It just wasn't worth it. And I've been feeling really frustrated with that. And then also like, Do I want to be an OT in a world where, um, OTs don't get paid very much and they have to go to school for three years and it's like 60,000 a year and I've already been going to school forever. Um, yeah, so this is all just very depressing and not very (laughs) exciting and that's why I haven't been posting because I just don't really have anything motivating to talk about right now. Um, and that's not what I wanted the podcast to be about, but that's another thing I kind of lost sight of what I wanted the podcast to be about because of a lot of things, one, there's so many social issues that are happening um, that I don't really feel qualified to talk about. I feel like as a like cis white girl, and I, I wouldn't really say my family was quite middle class, but um, it's almost like I can't look at my life and be able to really feel qualified to give other people advice when I feel like I was pretty privileged in a lot of ways, um, especially with what's going on right now and. The world. I, I mean, it's been going on. I, I don't feel educated enough. I don't feel qualified enough, and I don't feel like I have the power and the right to say the things that I would like to say. And so, I just am kind of in this weird spot where I'm like, why would anyone want to listen to me talk about this stuff? um And like, what is my identity in this? And what right do I have? And where do I stand? And so I've kind of lost sight of that a little bit and I think I think that I still have a lot to say and I just need to really like find my path towards what is the right thing to talk about. Um, something that I definitely do feel qualified to talk about and that I still think should be talked about and a big motivator for still wanting to have the podcast is the transition from going from a very religious household where you feel like you're I mean growing up my entire reason for existence was to serve God and to worship God and then to share that with other people And then every choice that I made or everything that happened to me stemmed from this relationship with God. And then really, like, did I make my parents proud? And, like, did my relationship with God fulfill all of the expectations that my parents and my, like, family had for me? Which is wild. And lots of people are in that, like, pressure and that guilt and that... Um, drive to make their families proud and there's so much hidden in and underneath and like throughout Christianity or Catholicism or religion in general and so much pressure and um, that shaped who I am and still shapes who I am the choices that I made and the things that I thought were important and like the guilt and shame I still carry around is all wrapped up in this person that I was supposed to be and also my relationship with my parents and my relationship with my family and probably my like thoughts and I mean everything is all wrapped up in all of that and I think that I want to talk to other people who have felt that it's honestly pretty traumatic. You have to completely figure out your identity as an adult and figure out what values you want to keep and what shame you need to let go of. So um, that's worth talking about, and I do feel qualified for that. But as far as, like, other... Things. I just don't, I don't know. I don't have, I'm not gay. Um, I don't know what it would be like to um, be non-binary and to be in a world where um, you're not accepted. I don't know what it would be like to be transgender. I don't know what it would be like to be a minority. I don't know what that feels like, and I can't speak on that, but what I can do is I can have guests that can speak on that, and so I do think that I can continue this platform and still have a lot to say, Um, but the issue is that I ran into as well is that I had a couple of people that were willing to be my guests, and they wanted to talk about things like trauma and like family dynamics and Um, but they didn't want me to promote it. Like they didn't want to disclose their identity or promote it. And the entire podcast is supposed to be about being authentic. And then people were like, well, I don't want to show who I am. And that was very defeating. How am I supposed to have a podcast that's like, about being who you are and not feeling shame about it and like working through all of that when the guests that I have that are supposed to be motivating don't feel comfortable sharing who they are and like allowing me to promote the podcast it felt kind of defeating and frustrating and um it it wasn't just one person it was multiple people and it was for multiple reasons and I respect their reasons but it doesn't give me a lot to go off of. Um, obviously I talked a lot about alcohol on this podcast and like society's relationship with alcohol and not drinking for a year and what that said and how I felt about it and just like health in general. I also think I kind of want to talk about the fitness industry and a little bit about, um, I don't know just about loving your body and having a healthy relationship with your body which is something that I'm still working through I don't necessarily want to give advice I think I just kind of want to talk through how that feels to wake up in a culture everyday that glorifies this certain idea of a body and then trying to like walk around in that in that shame um, I can also talk about Sexual assault, that is something that I have experienced and would love to chat with other people about that or um, help other people that are going through dealing with the trauma of sexual assault or uh, abuse. I haven't really been in a classically abusive relationship, but I think it's funny that like, I didn't feel like mine counted because it wasn't bad enough or something or it wasn't like what everybody should call an abusive relationship and it's like we put everything in all of these boxes and then if anything's outside of the box of what we think it should look like we discount it and that's not right um this is a very (laughs) 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 probably listening to my other episodes and listening to this episode it's gonna be like wow quality really went down i'm recording this on my phone in my bed because I'm hoping that it won't have technical issues and then just not work. Also, I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out. And I think I'm feeling, realistically, if I'm being honest, I think I'm depressed right now. Um, And that's, mental health is another thing that's really important to me and I'd like to talk about more. I have struggled with depression since I was... I don't know, probably 14. I can't remember if I've told this story or not, but I thought when I was about 16 that I had mono because I couldn't get out of bed, and I just didn't have any energy, and I didn't want to hang out with my friends anymore. And I, I felt sick. I felt physically sick all the time, and I didn't know what to do with that. And so I told my mom that I must have mono. And so she took me to the doctor and they did like blood work and stuff. I don't fully remember. And what actually, the, so the, then the doctor asked me like, could you be depressed? And I instantly started crying, which is interesting because I didn't fully understand what depression was. Um, we didn't have, I didn't have internet access that was super attainable. I lived in the country, and we had a dial-up that took forever to load. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not getting sick. I'm just, my throat's all. Um, and so, I mean, I looked up things in the encyclopedia, and maybe I did research depression a little bit, but also I don't think mental health was talked about very much. And there was definitely a stigma about it, um, about having depression and about having any sort of psychological issues. Um, and so I remember crying and thinking like relief, I had relief and I had shame all in one. And the doctor put me on Prozac, which was terrible for me. It gave me, it just completely shut off all of my emotions. And I was completely apathetic to everything in life, which is not healthy. And I'm a pretty empathetic and sensitive person. I, I feel a lot. I care a lot. I wouldn't say that that means that that equates to that I'm like a weak person. I just think that I really truly look around and feel things and then I started taking Prozac and I could I could care less about anything, like you couldn't have hurt my feelings um, it definitely was suicidal I didn't try to commit suicide I just thought about suicide um, I drank a lot but these are things I probably already talked about um, so that was like the first time that I was prescribed anything Um, after I had my daughter, I had really bad postpartum depression. Well, I don't really know what we say is really bad, but I had postpartum depression. I didn't feel a connection to my daughter a lot of the time. I felt protective of her. And there were times where I felt like an extreme love. And then there were times where I felt completely disconnected from her, but I still wanted to make sure she was safe. Um but I also felt like I wanted to escape, and I felt anxiety all the time, just constant anxiety where it was debilitating. I would stop in the middle of what I was doing, and I couldn't focus, and I felt, I don't know, describing anxiety is kind of difficult. There's been different um, levels of it for me. There's been times where I've had anxiety where it just kind of feels a little bit fluttery like normal anxiety you would feel in your stomach before a job interview um and that's that's normal it's normal to have anxiety to a certain degree it's a motivator and people should have it but when anxiety started to come on in times where it shouldn't be there and that there was nothing to really like look at and be like yeah that caused this anxiety and then when it became to the point where I couldn't physically I was frozen. I couldn't physically move. Um I went to the doctor and I told them that I had postpartum depression. Um which was there's a lot of shame around that. There's not a lot of people talk about that. And I felt like a bad mom. And I also felt like if I admitted that I wasn't feeling right, that they would think I was a bad mom and that maybe I would never get that time back with my daughter. Like I felt like then that would define who I was as a mom and everybody would think that I just didn't love my kid. Um, But there was always this love for her regardless. It was very confusing. And um, I would like to talk to other people about that as well. So anyways, um, there's been peaks and valleys, for lack of a better term, um, as far as my depression. Throughout my whole life. Like from probably 13, 14 on. And some of it was circumstantial. Some of it was trauma related. And I think some of it was just my chemical makeup. I think that I have lows and it's genetic. There are other people in my family that get depressed. Um, I'm pretty sure that bipolar and some anti- Social Personality disorder traits run in my family i don 't have antisocial personality traits, um, but other people do and so i don 't know how connected that is with depression, but mental illness is in my family, and it 's in everyone 's family. If you are like, "Oh, no one in my family has any mental illness, I just don 't believe you um, but that doesn 't make it any less important that other people are also suffering like your pain is just as valuable, valuable, whatever. It's just as important. If nobody listened to any of my other episodes and then they came specifically to this episode, they would, for one, probably be very bored. And for two, they'd be like, wow, she doesn't have a very big vocabulary. (laughs) I don't feel depressed. Like I can't get out of bed, but I do feel disconnected. And like I have a sense of, mm, almost like a sense of loss and anxiety and fear and just not a clear sense of self right now. And that's okay. It's okay to go through that and that explains why I have been so distant and it's almost a little bit embarrassing to be like well I couldn't follow through on this podcast because I lost myself (laughs) so I don't really want to talk about it that much but what is the point of the podcast if I don't talk about it I kind of wanted to like help other people and look like I had my shit together and then I completely lost my shit and um you know what? whatever I'm here I'm gonna talk about it I, when I get to this point, there are set things that I do that help me get out of it. And maybe these things can help other people. But for one, I call my therapist who I've been going to for, mm, I don't know, six years, probably. I haven't been going as frequently in the past year or two, probably the past like nine months I've only gone a handful of times and by gone I mean like logged on online um because I just don't feel like I need somebody as consistently but then there are times where I'm like I need to talk to somebody and I need to talk to somebody who knows me and knows my patterns and knows my trauma and my past and so I give her a call and I make an appointment and so that's one thing I do another thing I do is I try to give myself some grace. So it's easy to say, well, you can just eat better and move your body and get in a routine and you'll fix yourself. And it's like, yeah, if you can get in that freaking routine, if you can have the willpower to get out of your head and get past the darkness and the swirling anxiety and the um, thought patterns that make you just focus on things that you can't do. If you can get past that and start moving your body, that's great. But if you can't, which I couldn't for the past four months, then just do what you can because you'll get through it if you just do what you can. So bare minimum, I need to be a mom. I need my daughter to feel loved. And I might not be as energetic or as fun, but I give her what I can. And then I give myself enough attention and time and time to decompress as I can. And then I've been working way too many hours. I wouldn't recommend that, but I kind of had to because I couldn't afford it at the therapy clinic. I couldn't afford to just work there. I had to work two jobs. It was very necessary. So, um, I quit. Look, I don't need that job to survive it's not fulfilling my future in the way that I want it to. And it was hard for me to quit because I don't like quitting things and I don't like letting people down. But for my own sanity and mental health, I needed to quit. And so it took a lot and it took a lot of going back and forth. But anyways, I put in my notice. I'm almost done there. Um... I had paid for a trip for my daughter and I to go to Hawaii and I almost canceled that. I think out of fear that like, maybe it was a bad idea or maybe people will look at me poorly because I was going to Hawaii in the middle of the pandemic. Maybe, um, I was a little bit afraid that I wouldn't have any money to do anything while I was there because I mean, more than a little bit afraid, I don't have any money to do anything while I'm there because I've been barely making any money. Um, and then I'm just in my car commuting constantly, so I almost canceled that, but then I didn't cancel it. So my advice is do something good for your soul. And I need to do this for my daughter and for me and judgment. Sure, you guys can judge. Whoever wants to judge that I'm going to Hawaii in the middle of a pandemic can, can do that. But I've done all the safety protocols that I could do. I got my vaccine. I've been, I've done, I've done it. And I'm going to be safe and careful and I'm not going to like go into a bunch of places and touch a bunch of things and like cough on people like I'm going to wear my mask like I have been and um, we're going to try to just eat outside and do safe things. So whatever, we're going. So that's another mental health thing I would recommend is like do something that can help you decompress, that can make you feel alive and something that like feeds your soul. And so we're going to go. Um, Connect with friends. Like, it's really easy for me to just kind of become reclu- reclusive. And I, it, w- it would be really easy for me to do that. I actually used to do the opposite. When I was younger and I felt depressed, I would try to fill all of my time with people. I would become recruit uh, reclu- Oh, my God. Why is this word hard for me? I <laughs> would become recruit. <laughs> reclusive. I don't think I should edit that. I think you should all just endure whatever just happened. Um, anyways, uh, but like, I still would just use people as an escape. Now I, it's easier for me to be alone. Um, and I don't really want to use people for an escape. So now I have to healthily, is that a word? Make time for friends and family and like be around them for my own sanity. Cause if I just spend too much time alone, I will kind of implode. Um, so find what works for you as far as that, like, but you should be around people. You should communicate with people. You should, you don't really have to tell everyone you're depressed, but you can just, you know, be around people and then let them help you and help them. Um, doing nice things for other people actually really does help. I have been journaling, Oh my God, my journal is so boring. Like, it's me just being like, yeah, here we are again. (laughs) It's like on repeat. But it is very good because otherwise I ruminate and things in my head just swirl and swirl. So getting it out of my brain, getting it down on paper helps a lot. I have been working out to the degree that I can. And what I mean by that is I would love to hit the gym six days a week, but I don't have a gym close to me. The closest gym is at least like 20 minutes away, and the gym that I go to is about an hour away. And then I was working like 12 to 14 hour days in order to afford to work at a job that I didn't need. Um, And then commuting two hours a day. So like after all of my requirements just to exist, there wasn't a lot of time left. I just didn't have it in me. And so I took my dog on a walk. So I didn't go lift weights every day. I'm not as strong as I want to be. I feel puffy right now realistically i just don't feel very good about that but i'm surviving and i feel like i'm being a pretty good mom and that is my priority so if you guys suffer from depression and you have bouts of it then just do what you can to take care of yourself i got a new job i worked one day at one job and i realized it didn't it wasn't going to work for me because it was just too much chaos and too much stress um it wasn't going to pay off. And so I quit and I'm not promoting just quitting everything, but I'm just saying like realistically look at what's going to work for you and what is going to make sense and then do it and don't feel guilty if you make a choice that doesn't look good on paper. So me going back to serving and bartending is not ideal as far as like wow, she's really like getting her life together. And then she starts bartending, like whatever people might be visualizing. But for me, I love serving. It makes me feel good when I go to work because it's so fast paced. I make money quickly. I bring, it's like shorter. Well, it's not always shorter shifts, but it can be your social time flies. You have money in your pocket at the end of the shift. I'm good at it. I like doing things that I feel like I'm good at. I'm good at it. Um, I will say it kind of isn't great for my actual social life because the hours I work are always times when I would whatever, but I, yes, I went and I got my degree and now I am getting a job serving and I don't feel bad about that. It's, doesn't have to make sense to everybody else but it has to make sense for your life and I want time for my brain to be creative and not stuck like I my least favorite thing about going to a job is that it takes away my time to think which is wild like I don't want them to rob me of my time to use my own brain for my own thoughts it feels like I'm being like It feels like stuff is being stolen from me when I can't use my own thoughts, which whatever. I don't know if anyone else is like that. But I want time to go by so fast. I do not want to stand there and do nothing. That's my least favorite thing is going to a job and it's just time doesn't move. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, So yeah, as far as getting through a depressive amount of time... Talk to your therapist, get a therapist if you don't have a therapist. And let me tell you what, there are a lot of hurdles about getting a therapist the first time, like insurance wise, paying for it, whether or not you have insurance, finding the right therapist, um, and then being vulnerable with that therapist. So I get it. Like if it is hard for you to get one, you are not alone but if you can like find any strength to do anything when you're feeling depressed, find that therapist anyway. Because or ask for help. Have somebody help you do it. Because it might not work immediately and it might be a struggle to get there, but having that person that understands what you're going through is invaluable and it's worth the effort to put in. Even if you fail at everything else in your life. Do this one step to take care of yourself. Um, I'm in a lot better state than I was when I started therapy six or seven years ago. I'm not perfect, but the lows are just not as low. Like, I'll be okay. Yes, I woke up at three in the morning because I was having so much anxiety, and then I laid in my bed thinking, like, how do I fix my life? And then I'm, like, sitting in the dark in my room right now recording this but that is progress like that sounds like maybe it's not okay but in comparison to me going out and getting hammered because I couldn't sit in my thoughts um which is what I did six years ago progress reaching out to friends in a healthy way drinking tea at night instead of needing alcohol um Quitting a job that just wasn't serving me as progress. Like, all of this stuff, I'm not ideally where I want to be, but I will say, like, having that person and, like, going through that with somebody else on my side, it was very helpful and I learned a lot of tools to get me through dark times like even like breathing techniques um also I would say the calm app is a good app it has meditation it also helps like it has sleep stories um move your body as much as you possibly can so I go on I take my dog on a walk whenever I can and it's like sometimes it's not as long as I want it to be but I feel so much better when I do it it is one of the most healing things I can suggest um, hydrate. Don't just drink all coffee all day. Also limit caffeine-ish if it's giving you anxiety. Um, Yeah, these are just tips that I have to get through a rough time. And I do want to continue the podcast. And I will have a lot more to say. I am going to get some guests. I don't want to fulfill the stigma of people with mental illness as far as like usually you can't always count on somebody who has depression because they don't always follow through with things um and I guess that rings true for the last four months but I don't want that to say forever like I Committed to this idea, and it's not as easy as I want it to be, and it's not as clear cut, and it's not going to be perfect, and it's going to be rocky and bumpy, but life is rocky and bumpy, and so I'm trying and I'm here. Um, yeah, hopefully, this was worth listening to, and it was interesting enough. If anything, at least it gave anyone who's listening a better, clearer idea of what has been going on with me. Um, I'm okay, I don't need help, (laughs) like, I mean. Don't worry about my mental state if you listen to this and you're like, okay, she doesn't sound okay. I'm okay. I just need to get through this time, and I have all the tools to do it. I just need the time to do it, and it's a weird moment in my life. Um, my, I asked my mom to take my daughter to school today because I don't work, and that's another suggestion I have is just ask for help when you can. I never really ask for help, um, but I I needed it today. So I hope you are all doing well and I will get this edited today and post it and feel free to, I don't know, reach out with suggestions if you feel like there's something that you would, that I mentioned that you would love to hear about. Or uh, if you are somebody who listens to this and you're like, wow, I actually know a lot about such and such, and I think it'd be interesting, I would be a great guest, or whatever, Um, reach out, I do kind of want to do some more funny guests, it would be cool to talk to people who, you know, could make you guys laugh, I don't feel like I've been doing that, Um, so yeah, I think that that would be a good idea, also, oh, another suggestion, I can't say that word either, suggestion for you is watch something funny, Like, or read something funny or um, listen to a a comic, something that will make you, like, take you out of that, like, negative headspace and make you laugh. Even if what they're laughing about and what they're joking about is dark, that's kind of helpful. It makes you feel um, heard and less alone when you listen to a comic talk about dark shit. Also, I listen to or read or watch stuff that makes me cry because it helps me be able to process my emotions and like get them out. Sometimes I don't even know that I'm depressed. I just kind of feel like um this is the weirdest term I've ever used, but I feel bruised. Like you know when you have a bruise and it's just kind of like a dull ache and it's not like a stabbing pain that you need to go to the hospital about, but it's just a constant reminder that like you're not okay. Um, that's kind of what I feel like. My, my soul, like my body, like everything in me just feels dull and bruised. And it's not terrible, it's not like a stabbing pain or anything. But yeah. Anyway, all right. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening. And I will try to post next week. I'm, I'm really feeling like, I've got this, so have a good day.